0: was the spring of the year. There was a beautiful young woman whose husband was a soldier. He had been deployed and was away. There was a man who had cast eyes upon her and decided he wanted to have relations with her and did. From that came the conception of a child. The husband then came home from his deployment and uh, was thrilled to be home, but was still loyal to his forces. The husband was then redeployed, placed in a very fierce battle, and lost his life. That woman then had not only lost her husband, shortly thereafter she lost the child that was Conceived. I'm sure some of you already know that I'm talking about Bathsheba and about David. You may not realize, but she also conceived again, and she had a son by the name of Solomon. And she had a lot of wisdom that she wanted to convey to her son, Solomon. Before we do that, I'd like to just make a few points. Today's the second Sunday in May, and in our country, this is a day when we set aside to honor our mothers. That's a good thing to do. In fact, in giving the commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, God says through Solomon or through Moses, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Paul quotes that in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. We do know that God made mothers. He made the first mother, we learn in Genesis 3.20, as we just heard read in our hearing. But what did the Creator intend for mothers to be? What would you and I do if we want to know what great mothers are? I thought about the approach this morning of taking the great mothers of the Bible. There's so many of them. I think about some like Jochebed, Moses' mother. I think about Naomi, who not only was a great mother, but a great mother-in-law. Hannah, giving her son Samuel to serve the Lord. Eunice and Lois mother and grandmother of Timothy, Mary, the mother of our Lord, we could just talk about these great mothers and the things which they have to teach us. But I thought about Bathsheba. We often talk about Solomon. We often talk about David. But do you realize Bathsheba was a mother who experienced a tremendous amount of loss in her life? She had a husband which she evidently loved dearly. She lost him. Lost him to a battle that was not his fault. Then she lost a child, which again was something that was foisted upon her. Now here she is. She has a child, a child of promise. Proverbs 31 says that it is the word's which the mother of Lemuel taught him. Some people say, well, Lemuel is somebody else, but the name Lemuel means belonging to the Lord. Solomon did belong to the Lord, and so it's a possible reference to him. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. When I taught the book of Proverbs, I use this basic outline before, but I want us to focus on verses 1 through 7 and look at the advice that This godly mother offers her son. Verses 1 through 7. Here are things to avoid that are destructive in your life. Number two, to advocate for the cause of the helpless. There are people who have no one to help them. And then number three, how to acquire a virtuous wife. In verses 10 through 31, we've got a lot to cover. We've got a wonderful section of scripture to study. Let's focus our minds for just a few minutes. Let's look at verses 1 through 7 where the mother speaks about avoiding destructive behavior. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. What, my son, and what? son of my womb, and what, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. You know every good mother is concerned about the choices her child will make. Here you have a child and you're concerned about the direction that this child's life is going to go, you already know there are certain kinds of behavior that are bad. And there are always going to be people out there who are more than willing to place a temptation in front of your child. It may be another peer who says, go ahead, do it, do it. Or it may be somebody who's seeking to take advantage of them who says, go ahead and try this drug. You'll love it. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Verse 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. You go a little bit further to chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. That's what a mother wants to say to her child. When there are people trying to persuade you to join them, don't do it. Just keep going. Don't listen to their temptations. But she is specific. There are two primary things that are destructive that this mother sees that are possible. And the first is that of an immoral woman. And don't think that this godly mother doesn't love women. She does. But she does not appreciate the immoral woman In fact, if you study the book of Proverbs, you realize chapter 2, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, and so forth address this issue. We're not going to be able to look at them all, so let me point out a few of them. Chapter 2, verse 16, "...to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, For her house leads down to death and her paths to the dead. None who go to her return, nor do they regain the paths of life. Son, you need to listen. There are going to be immoral women who are going to flatter you. Oh, how easy it is to flatter someone and to make them actually believe what you're saying. Chapter 5 That you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end she is as bitter as wormwood and sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Solomon is saying this is the character of this woman. In contrast, drink waters from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be your own own only and not for strangers with you. And then he goes on to explain what he is talking about is a man's wife. You need to have your own wife not being raptured by the immoral woman. Chapter 6, verses 24 through 28. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of the seductress. Yes, Solomon's mother had taught him, immoral women will try to talk you into it. But don't you go with her. But then the second thing is the evils of alcohol. You see, every mother loves her child. Every mother knows the destructive power of things that intoxicate. In biblical times, the main forms of intoxication was that of the drinking of alcohol. In our society today, a person can become intoxicated by alcohol by marijuana, by taking pills, by huffing glue or gas or some other kind of inhalant. Oh, yes, there's so many things that people can do supposedly to get high. But listen to Solomon. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a broiler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Chapter 23 Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine-bibbers or gluttonous eaters of meat. Chapter 23, verse 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at wine... Those who go in search of mixed wine. He then describes how that wine swirls around in the cup. But then he says, at the last it bites like a serpent and it stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things. Your heart will utter perverse things. And then you get down to verse 35. When shall I wake that I may seek another drink? You find the addictive nature of it. Solomon's mother says, It's not for kings to drink wine, O Lemuel. Every godly mother sees that destructive behavior. Leviticus 10, verse 9 and 10, Those who served God were not permitted to drink the alcohol so that they could distinguish between the holy and the unholy, between the unclean and the clean. We learn from Habakkuk, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk that you may look on his nakedness. Solomon, if you want to be a man like you ought to be, You need to avoid the immoral woman. You need to avoid the alcohol. You see, teaching this in advance is prevention. And you've heard the old phrase, the parable, proverb, that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We learn in chapter 4, verse 10, Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Don't do the things that will destroy your life. Chapter 3, verse 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest his correction. Chapter 19, verse 27. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. But the second thing that this godly mother wants For her son is to realize how important it is to help the helpless. Look at verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. The plight of the helpless. Those who have no voice, those who have the inability to express their need for justice. You know, sometimes when you're in a position that you have no difficulties, you have no problems, you tend to forget about those who are in need. And here Bathsheba was a woman who knew what it was to be in need. She wasn't raised in a king's house. She was a soldier's wife. And you need to give voice to those who are needy. God himself is going to stand up for them. Proverbs 20, verse 22, Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the souls of those who plunder them. Chapter 23, verse 10, Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the fields of the fatherless. For their Redeemer is mighty. He will plead their cause against you. And you start saying, wow, there's a lot about this. You see, what God expects is those who have a voice to speak up for those who have no voice. When you go to Isaiah 1 and verse 17, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, Plead for the widow. You have a a fatherless, you have a widow over here. Those who are in tremendous need, what do you do? You, You plead for them. Jeremiah 5 talks about those who've grown fat and they're sleek. But these people here, they don't plead the cause of the fatherless. Psalm 82, verse 3 and 4, defend the poor and the fatherless. And we learn in James 1 and verse 27... Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble. Yes, Solomon, I want you to avoid the destructive behavior, but I also want you to be a compassionate, good, caring man. If you were to ask those mothers sitting here this morning, what do you want for your children? Well, I want my children to not do wrong. I don't want them to go down the bad pathway. What else do you want for your children? I do want them to be good people. I want them to be kind. I want them to be helpful. And I want them to be compassionate. Which leads me to the third aspect of our lesson. And that is to acquire a virtuous wife. We're going to read verses 10 through 31. I want you to listen carefully. Read along if you choose. But I want you to think carefully about the type of woman Solomon's mother wanted for her son. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands take hold of the spindle. She extends her hands to the poor. Yes, and she reaches out to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household for her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. (laughs) Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. You know what? Every mother knows there's going to come a time when she has to take and turn over the heart of her son to another woman. There's going to be a a time coming when she knows he's not going to be looking to me anymore. He's going to be looking to another woman, his wife. And what every godly mother wants is for her son to have a godly wife. A virtuous wife. A pure wife. Genesis 2, 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Leave. There's a time when the mother has to say that here's the apron strings. No longer do you look to me. Now you look to her. She is your wife. She is the woman in your life. We mentioned at the beginning Solomon warning about immoral women but he doesn't look at women as bad he looks at marriage and women as good he said he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord proverbs nineteen fourteen. houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers but a prudent wife is from the lord Writer of the book of Hebrews said, marriage is honorable among all. Oh yes, the idea of marriage is good. Wonderful thing yesterday to watch Tyler and Marissa tie the knot. That's a good thing. But what kind of woman will she be? Because of time, I just want to summarize Some of the great characteristics that Solomon's mother said makes a good wife. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her. She's trustworthy, she's honorable. He doesn't have to worry, will she do me good? No, she'll do him good all the days of her life. It says she seeks wool and flax, and but the key thing, she works willingly with her hands. Sometimes when we work, it's by compulsion. Sometimes when we work, it's by obligation. But you've got a woman here who wants to serve her family because she wants to. She works willingly with her hands. She cares about the needy. There's one thing that most of us men lack and that is the kind of compassion that exists in the heart of a woman. Quite often if a child is injured, you know who they're gonna go running to They're going to go run to mom. And quite often, it is that soft voice of a godly wife that says to us there's needs over here, and we need to be a part of the solution. We need to be a part of the help. She cares about the needy, she provides for her family. She's not afraid of the cold for her household, for they're clothed with scarlet. You see, she's a woman who looks at her family and says, I I know they need clothes, I know they need instruction, I know they need guidance, and she provides it well. She has wisdom and the law of kindness is on her tongue. Wise and kind. What a wonderful combination of attributes. Wise in the sense of knowing the way to do things, kind in the way that they are administered. She receives praise from her family. Her children. Rise up and call her blessed. Many of you this morning probably called your mother and said, Happy Mother's Day. Some of us would like to have been able to have done that. The truth is, is that the children rise up and say, I've had a great mother. She's done a great job. But then the husband turns and looks and he says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. The family looks at the mother and says, you have done well. That's what every mother wants for her son. Grace is deceitful. Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. I think about Bathsheba looking at Solomon and saying, Son, you want to know which is the good wife that you ought to be looking for? Yes, virtuous, that price is far above rubies, but the woman who fears the Lord She's a godly woman. We would say today she's a Christian woman, one leading her family well. I really think we could thank God for mothers, for good mothers. Some of us have had mothers who've given us such wonderful guidance, such good advice, and have instilled within us the passion for the Lord and for his word. It's a blessing to have a good mother who brought us into this world. But I want to remind you that while we think about godly mothers, we have a heavenly father who also wishes the best for us, and we're his children also. And while we would give honor to our mothers, we must remember that, to praise the maker of mothers and that is god who in his divine wisdom knew everything that man would need and provided for it bountifully this morning if you're not one of god's children we have everything prepared for you there's a baptistry behind me it's filled with warm water and what we want to do is encourage anybody who is not a Christian, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, if you are willing to repent of your sins, if you're willing to confess your faith in Him, to come and be baptized for the remission of your sins, as we study in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Maybe you are one of those wayward children one of those who've gone into your own way, the Lord would love to have you come home. We're going to sing the song while Jesus whispers to you. And if you need to respond, please come as together we stand and sing. Whoa.